Welcome to the Friendship Paradox, a podcast about friendship, personalities, and everything in between. I'm Stephanie. I'm an INFJ, Enneagram 9, and words of affirmation kind of girl. And I'm Brianna. I'm an ESFJ, Enneagram 2, and acts of service kind of girl. And somehow we're best friends. Well, we are not our psychologists or scientists or even remotely pretending to be. We're just two women who love personalities and want to talk about them. And one of us just likes to talk a lot. That's me. I like to talk. Truth. up hello what's going on my friend well we are finishing up our first season this is season one episode five the final episode of our first season how are you feeling about nearly being done with this first season it feels a little surreal because we've been talking about this for six months yeah and we did a lot of like for me it's been even longer because it's like I had this idea for a podcast in my head for so long and then I finally brought it up to you and you were like let's do it and then we like had to get all the recording equipment and like figure out how to record and like figure out what we're gonna talk about and how we're gonna talk about it and here we are we finished one season. We did the dang thing. We did. I will say, I'm still learning how to record. No, same. Every every episode, we have had a different setup to mm-hmm. figure out how to sound okay. Mm-hmm. I have had different levels on our microphones to figure out our volume. Yes, we like, oh, there's been a lot of like, mm, you're a little too low. Oh, the quality isn't great. And we've just been figuring it out along the way. And we know the first season is going to sound a little rough, maybe, as we're getting, like, not maybe quality-wise, but just, like, as we're just getting our sea legs under us. But stick around, and we'll figure it out. And you will watch us along, listen to us, figure it out along the way. Absolutely, we will. Yeah. So, life updates. What's going on with you? Got my her did yesterday. Yes, you did. I got the previously aforementioned money piece that you got. (laughs) Yes. Except if you've ever looked at a photo of Stephanie and myself, you will notice my hair is significantly darker. Yes, it is. So my blonde highlights are not nearly as blonde as Stephanie's. No, they aren't. So therefore, my money piece was not the color of gray. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It is a blonde that matches the rest of my other highlights, just in the very front. And I am very here for it. I like it. It's a nice change. I am like, now that I've heard that this money piece is a thing that people are doing, I see it all the time. So I'm like, hmm maybe next time I'll see about a different like color for the money piece and see if I can handle it but 
Or maybe not. Maybe I just won't be a person that gets the money piece. And that's okay. I mean, it's a trend. It is. It's definitely a trend. And if you ever question if something is or is not in at the moment, all you have to do is open up your Pinterest app. Yes. I didn't even realize Pinterest was still a thing. It is still a thing. That's crazy. I feel like that was like a 2010-ish thing. Is that too late? I never know what time is anymore. I feel like 2010 was like five years ago, but that was 12 years ago. Time is weird. I'm sorry. 2010 was 12 years ago? Yeah. Oh, God. Isn't that crazy to think about? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that feels like an eternity in, like, internet time. Like, did we even have cell phones in 2010? (laughs) I know I did, but yeah. I didn't have an iPhone yet. No. There were people who did, but I didn't have one. I was in Android world until college. Because, yes, I started college in 2010. Just to make you feel a little old. She's mean. It's okay. I really like to play with Sean because he graduated high school and started college in 2004. And I was in middle school. Oh I graduated elementary school in 2003. <laughs> I'm like, you went to college when I was in middle school. He was all old and he does not appreciate that. <laughs> well, the good news is that people who are younger than us, like significantly, well, I should say younger than you, think you're super old now. So I know my age does begin with a three. Yeah. what's Um, going on with you okay well here's what's going on with me after two years and three months of escaping covid it finally got me finally after my trip i got covid which i knew was going to happen because put you know hundreds of people i don't know how many people are on an airplane these days Put a bunch of people on an airplane without masks on. People are going to get COVID. And that's what happened to me. And it sucked. I was miserable for about five days. But then I started feeling better. So it wasn't, I would say it was worse than like a regular cold. But it wasn't as bad as some other people have had it so I feel grateful for that I feel grateful that I got through it and I'm fine now and I'm testing negative and I have a whole big box of popsicles in my freezer now because that's what I ate a lot of because they felt really good on my sore throat that's so funny that you bought popsicles because Sean went to the grocery store the other day and came home with popsicles and I was like I haven't seen one of these since I was a little kid I know and it was the weirdest like craving I had I was just like I just want popsicles did you get the popsicle brain popsicles yeah yeah I didn't get like those stupid like fruit popsicles I was like no I want those stuff that has like chemicals in it that (laughs) might give me cancer I love the flavors of red dye number 40 and blue (laughs) dye number four yeah give me that good stuff so yeah, I have that, and it has really funny riddles on it. On like the the popsicle stick. On the part. popsicle stick. 
That's Do you like, remember any of them? Not to put you on the spot. They were, I'm trying to think. I don't even know if I still have it. But I had one that mentioned a coworker, like her name by name. It was like, why did so-and-so go to the lake or something like that? And it was like, because she was fishing for compliments. <laughs> <laughs> so I like texted it to her and I was just like, yeah, this, this makes sense with you. So just like really silly. That's very funny. We are in the month of July when we're recording this. And yes. so the ones that Sean came home with were red, white, and blue. Oh, of course. Cherry lemonade flavor. Mm. Shockingly good. That does sound good now that I think about it. It was really good. Anyway, so funny you mentioned popsicles. I'm glad they made you feel better. I'm glad you feel better and Thank that you. you're healthy and you're still here. I am still here. That's funny because my brother, when I texted my brother about it, he was like, I hope you feel better. And I was just like, do you, do you think I'm going to die? Like, what is, what is this I hope thing? I mean, I hate to break it to you, but we are dying. What? Yeah. I'm going to live forever. Being alive is actually just slowly dying. Well, this got morbid. Oh, I'm getting dark. Dork. <laughs> no, my dad likes to point that out to me, like when I'm stressing too much or having anxiety attack. Whatever. I'm not perfect. Anyway, he, he just likes to be like, it's not worth spending your alive hours on this. Oh, that's so good. And he's like, mm, you're not stitched wrong. on a pillow. Should I learn to stitch so I can stitch that on a pillow? I don't know how to do that. And I'm currently on a quest of trying new things, which I will get into later in the episode when we go through our current obsessions. Okay. More to come there. Do you have any life updates for us? Just the hair thing. Oh, yeah. You already did that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, we have a really fun episode planned for you guys today. We are going to talk about Hogwarts houses as personality types. I had so much fun researching this and now I just want to reread all the books and rewatch all the movies and all of that but before we get started I just want to have a quick disclaimer here about a certain author of the Harry Potter novels now I personally believe that the Harry Potter novels were written by an anonymous source that we don't know but if you believe they are written by a certain JK Rowling that's fine I'm not a fan of her anymore she has some troublesome opinions about our trans community that I do not agree with. And I just want to put that disclaimer out there that like, we know that Harry Potter can be, for some, it is a very comforting and magical series. And for others right now, it is not that. And it is very problematic and hurtful and I do not condone anything she says I stand with the trans community and believe you get to be whatever person you want to be and we're here for you so just wanted to put that disclaimer out there before we get started excellent disclaimer and for what it's worth I had to work through personal feelings on this mm -hmm. And I have come to the conclusion that I personally can separate mm -hmm. the stories and characters that were created and that live on through 
many sources now from the author who wrote them. Yeah. The author is not the characters. The characters have taken on their own lives. And I'm certain none of them would agree with with their author's sentiments because they were fighting for freedom and equality and justice. And there's a lot of satire involved in the stories and fighting for what's right. So they would actually disagree with their creator. Yes. So all that said... I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Yes, I think we both are. I wanted to start our discussion by just talking about our experience and history with Harry Potter because I feel like that is part of the fun of this series is like we all come to it in a different way and we all have our different way of like enjoying the novels and like how we started and all that. So... What is your history, Brie? Oh boy. I <laughs> I practically wrote a novel for this because Harry Potter came to me in my transformative years and grew up with me. So before I even get into that, I'm going to start by saying that as part of our learning to podcast process, we figured out that we probably should have had taller microphone stands and so currently our microphones are stacked on top of my personal (laughs) collection of harry potter novels yes they are okay yes because i do own the series now and i will say that every book on my shelf is not the original i owned i was an idiot and as a kid and i like when i finished books i used to donate them or give them away and so in my adult years i recollected the series so not every book you see is an og from my childhood and half of them i think were from sean's personal library so it's a real hodgepodge (laughs) all right so let's time travel back in time to eight-year-old brianna in the third grade i started the harry potter series listening to them listening along with them really with books on tape Yes, actual cassette tapes, (laughs) not CDs, actual cassette tape, book on tape. The names were really difficult for me to sound out and to pronounce. So listening along while like following along with my finger at that age was really helpful. And at that time, books one through three were out. Mm -hmm. So I finished them, obviously. Then I kept up with the series as each new book came out. And my younger brother and I were both into it. So my poor dad, he had to pre-order two of every book from four through seven because I could not share. Adam could not share. And who got it first? Like who had to choose that? So he just bought two books. He didn't really seem to mind spending money on books. Yeah. So he had to buy two of each. And I was the kid who read the whole book in like one or three days. The last book came out when I was in high school. So I did quite literally grow up with the characters because age-wise, I was nearly identical. Yeah. Then there's the movies. And I have to say, 10-year-old me was super upset when she found out that she could not go to the UK to audition for Hermione (laughs) Granger because I felt like I was her. And fun fact, we have the same birthday. We are both born on September 19th. The difference is Hermione's character was born in 1979, making her the 11 years old 
at the time right. of the books coming out because the books are set in the 90s mm-hmm. and I was born in 1991 which is actually the year that they go to Hogwarts alas it's a really good thing I didn't because Emma Watson truly captured her perfectly I think she's perfect I truly agree she did Hermione Granger justice also I'm not a Gryffindor We'll get into that later. I'm not a Gryffindor, so it wouldn't have worked out for me personality-wise to have played Hermione Granger. Anyway, I love the movies, and I actually have every ticket stub saved. That's so cute. I was pretty cute. (laughs) Other cute things. My grandma Mary, so my mom's mom, she was a seamstress, and she sewed me my first ever cloak when I wanted to be Hermione Granger for Halloween. So I had a handmade cloak. I will not spend a gazillion dollars on a <laughs> cloak or robe at Universal Studios because I had one sewn from fabric from Joanne Fabrics. I used to go to the movie premiere, like so the first showing at my local movie theater for all of them. I used to wear that cloak. I did it till the very last movie and I used to make all my friends wear the Harry Potter lightning scar yeah. tattoos on their foreheads. My mom still has my collection of all my Harry Potter ornaments. Like we've a collection of Christmas ornaments and I have some trinkets and she's since given me some of them to hang on my own tree i'm gonna say i think a fundamental part of my enjoyment of the harry potter series really came to life in the universal studios theme parks that's how i today live and relive these stories and then during the pandemic i did attempt a reread i did my first ever reread i had never done a reread Mm. I read each book as they came to me, and that was it. But during the pandemic, I got, like, halfway through book four, and then I gave up. Oh, no. (laughs) I think it's because it gets pretty dark, and, you know, I was in a pretty dark place, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, so. And there's a lot more nuance that I understand now Mm -hmm. that I didn't get as a kid, and so it was, like, extra dark. So I just never finished my reread. And that is my relationship with Harry Potter. What's yours? Okay. Well, I have a much different relationship because I did not read the entire Harry Potter series until I was in my 20s. I read the first and the second book either when they came out or a couple of years after they came out. But I grew up in a very conservative Christian household, so I was not allowed to read past the second book because things got a little too magical and a little too dark. So hashtag evangelical upbringing, if anybody can relate. So wait, pause. Is that a real hashtag? No, I'm just hashtagging it myself. Okay, because I feel like there will be some wild stories. I'm pretty sure. I think you might have just started a trend. (laughs) maybe okay so i kind of forgot about the series then and i was just like okay whatever i don't even like wizards and magic and stuff like that so i didn't even think about it until somebody i follow in the blogging world who was a super big like harry potter fanatic wanted was like appalled that i had never read it so we did the hashtag summer of harry And one summer, we just read through the entire series, and after every book, we would talk about it, and it was so much fun, and I just devoured the series, and I was just 
mad at myself for taking so long to read it because it was so freaking good. I loved it. I have read the series three times total. The whole series. I know some people read the whole series like every year and I don't know how that happens. I have a couple friends who do. Yeah. I think it's going to be time for another reread soon. I really want to listen to them on audio though because I hear the audio is great. So maybe you could try that, Brie, because I know you couldn't get through. And I know you love audiobooks, and the audio is supposed to be real good. So the last time I read the series was the same year Brie and I were living together, because yes, we lived together for a year. And I admitted to Brie that I had never seen any of the movies. And for her, that was unacceptable. So after I finished each book... We would watch the accompanying movie or movie. And that was such a fun experience because that was so fun. Oh my god, the movies are so good. I mean the books the books are better, but the movies bring so much of the magical elements to life that like it's they're so good. And like all of the actors I think are like so perfectly cast that it's just in the music and the Oh, it's all so good. So like Bree said, we have both, well, Bree just said it. So we both live close to Orlando. So we've also been able to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, like Bree said, which is also amazing. It was so well done. So I got to try butterbeer, both hot and cold butterbeer, experience Diagon Alley, ride the train, like all the fun stuff that you want to do, like be like at Hogwarts and it's freaking amazing. And I need to schedule a time to go back because I haven't been in a really long time. It's been a few years for me too. Yeah. But it really is crazy. It's, it's incredible. (laughs) It is. They did such a good job with it. So that is my experience with good Mr. Potter slash Harry. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. That's what my mom loves to scream. Should we do the whole episode in a fake English accent? I think we might defend some people. We don't really sound that good. No, I don't. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> you sound a little better than I do. I don't think so. <laughs> well, let's dive into all of the different Hogwarts houses. You want me to start? You should absolutely start. Well, I will start with what most people consider the best house. We'll find out if that's true. Gryffindor, home of Harry Potter. Gryffindor was founded. I didn't get too deep into like the history, but I did want to talk about some of the founding. It was founded by Godric Gryffindor and its emblem is a lion and the colors are scarlet and gold. That's Gryffindor. A Gryffindor is brave, courageous, determined, chivalrous, and idealistic. They are selfless people who will make sacrifices for others no matter the cost. Gryffindors can sometimes be a little reckless, short-tempered, stubborn, and prideful. They are also known to have a bit of a hero complex. Some famous Gryffindors include Dumbledore, Hagrid, Professor McGonagall, the Weasleys, all of them. Sirius Black, Remus Lupin, and of course, our dear Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Love them. 
And another thing we decided to do was to connect our Hogwarts houses with some of the other personality types we've already talked about in this season, which was really fun. And I don't know how accurate these are. I kind of just did a quick Google search. So don't at me if you do not agree at all. But for the Enneagram, Gryffindors are typically types six, seven, and eight. So that's the loyalist, the enthusiast, and the challenger. Which all makes sense to me. For Myers-Briggs, they are typically ENFPs, ENFJs, ESFPs, ESTPs, and ISFP. So for me, it was interesting that most Gryffindors tracked as extroverts, as well as feeling types, which means they're more emotive, and prospecting types, which means they're a little more spontaneous kind of people. And then for the Zodiac, Most Gryffindors are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Fire signs. Yeah. And I'm a Sagittarius, but we know we don't. I don't really identify with that. But yes. The next Hogwarts house is Slytherin. The most hated house. This house was founded by Salazar Slytherin, and its emblem is a snake, and colors are green and silver. Slytherins are known to be fiercely loyal, cunning, resourceful, shrewd, intelligent, ambitious, and problem solvers. They exhibit leadership skills while also having high levels of preservations, meaning they'll think before they act. A Slytherin's weakness include that they can be prideful, manipulative, sneaky, and a bit of a rule breaker. And they sometimes don't care if they hurt people to get what they want. Some famous Slytherins include Snape, the Malfoys, Dolores Umbridge, ugh, and of course, Voldemort. Voldemort. He who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> Most Slytherins track with the Enneagram as a three, a six, or an eight. So the three is the achiever, the six is the loyalist, and the eight is the challenger. Makes sense to me, especially the loyalist part, because that's the big part of being a Slytherin is you're very loyal to your people. For Myers-Briggs, Slytherins can be ENTPs, ENTJs, and ESTJs. Mostly, they are extroverts who have the thinking personality, which means they typically hide their feelings and make decisions based on logic. And then for the Zodiac, most Slytherins are Scorpios and Capricorns. You're up next. Next might not be the most popular house, but in my opinion, it's the best one. (laughs) And that's because Stephanie, myself, and producer Sean (laughs) all fall in this house. We are Hufflepuff. 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 (laughs) Hufflepuff was founded by Helga Hufflepuff. The emblem is a badger, and the house colors are yellow and black. Characteristics of Hufflepuffs include them being known for being very loyal, perhaps to a fault, hardworking, also perhaps to a fault, patient, fair, just, and modest. These are the folks who are there for their friends always they are the most inclusive and fair 
of all the houses and they value hard work, dedication, and patience. They're known to value everyone and treat them as their equals and they have a really strong sense of what's right and wrong. Some of their weaknesses is that they tend to be kind of modest and then their significant lack of competitiveness can get in their own way. And then I could almost bring up their really strong moral code and sense of right and wrong as being like almost like to a fault. It's both a positive and it's negative. Some famous Hufflepuffs include Newton Scamander, as in Fantastic Beast Guy, yes. Nymphadora Tonks, Tonks, Teddy Lupin, R.A.P., Cedric Diggory, mm. and Professor Sprout. Enneagram types. You ready? Yes. She here. Type two. <laughs> type six and type nine. That's uh, right. Type two is the helper. So again, the you know, the person who's there for others. Yes. The loyalist. Loyal to a fault. And then type nine, which is Stephanie, is the peacemaker. Again, non-confrontational, non-competitive. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that tracks. Typical Myers-Briggs even split between introverted and extroverted. Interesting. INFP, ISFP, ENFJ, ESFJ. Recognize anyone in there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So even split of introvert and extrovert, even split of like intuitive and feeling. Actually, all feeling. I, I should say it's an even split between intuitive and... Sensing. Mm-hmm. Sensing. We'll get there one day, folks. Anyway, quite a blended group. And then the Zodiac. I noticed that, like, so Hufflepuff's, like, colors are based on their affinity for the earth. Again, Professor oh, Sprout. Yeah. And, like, the colors, like, yellow is, like, wee and black is, like, dirt. So it corresponds to the earth signs. So Taurus, oh. Virgo, aka me, and Capricorn are Hufflepuffs interesting i know and what i'm gonna call out here is that hufflepuff accurately is aligned with my enneagram type my myers-briggs type and my zodiac (laughs) so i am me yes you are fully yourself i am 100 percent myself 100 percent of the time (laughs) okay then we have last but most certainly not least ravenclaw Ravenclaw was founded by Rowena Ravenclaw. The emblem is an eagle, and the colors are blue and bronze. Arguably, they have the nicest color palette. For sure. Okay, their common characteristics is that they are known for their desire to learn, their wisdom, and their wit. I feel like I'm repeating myself because I just described a Gemini, which (laughs) you will see later falls with the Ravenclaw. Okay. These are the people that you would describe as intelligent and creative. Ravenclaws are very intelligent. They are known for that intellect. Fun fact, Hermione was almost sorted into Ravenclaw as her propensity for learning and her extreme intelligence would normally place her there. If you remember, the sorting hat really wasn't sure where to put her, but ultimately decided on Gryffindor. A fate that was great for her yes ravenclaws they're known for being hardworking, diligent and very curious you might even call them the academics and the eccentrics they're very welcoming and accepting and they really support individuality some of their weaknesses are that they are super 
competitive, especially when it comes to academia. And that can lead to backstabbing. Oh, you know, just some casual backstabbing. Casual. Some famous Ravenclaws. Professor Flitwick, Luna Lovegood, Cho Chang, Morning Myrtle, <laughs> Gilderoy Lockhart, Professor Quirrell, and Garrick Ollivander. Yeah. Yeah. Enneagram types, they track as type 1s and type 5s. Type 1 being, I wish I knew that off the top of my head, I want to say they're the achiever. No, that's type 3. Type oh. 1. Type 1 is the reformer. The reformer. And type 5, which is the investigator. Okay, Myers-Briggs. They track introvert. Mm-hmm. They are INTP, INFJ, INTJ, and ISTP. And then in terms of the zodiac, Ravenclaws correspond to the element of air. So it aligns with the signs of Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. And that totally tracks yeah. with the Definitely. descriptions. Definitely. Totally tracks. And that is the four Hogwarts houses in which the sorting hat can stick you in. Cool. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm like, did she who will not be named use like Zodiac to (laughs) figure out these houses and what their personalities will be like? Because it seems very like. Like, it matches, like, specific zodiac signs. Well, the zodiacs are grouped into, like, the core elements, like earth, wind, fire, and water. Mm -hmm. So it could be, like, just that. Yeah. Those commonalities. You know, like the cardinal directions and stuff. Yeah. Science. No, not science. It's, like, literally (laughs) the opposite of science. This is quite literally fantasy. This is completely fantastical. And... I even received a Hogwarts letter. I have one. I got a Hogwarts letter. Did you go? No, because it's apparently not actually real. But my sweet, sweet husband, producer Sean, for Hanukkah one year. Like, you can, it is a thing you can invest money in online. You can send someone a Hogwarts (laughs) acceptance letter. That's really cute that he did that. I have it. I saved it. Of course. You need to, like, frame it and put it up. I do need to do those things. Have I? No. Instead, it just sits in a box of memories. <laughs> Along with all my movie stubs since 2004. Yeah, you need like a shadow box to like put that in, your letter in, and then all your movie stubs and stuff like that. So, I say do that. I'll make it my summer project. There you go. I can't, actually. This is my summer project. I'll make it my <laughs> fall project. <laughs> Oh, man. So, do you have any tips for our many, many listeners? (laughs) (laughs) The order of operations in which you should ingest Harry Potter are book, movie, theme park. Oh, I like that. In that order. Yes. My tip is going to be, if you've only seen the movies, read the books. Read them. I know so many people are like, oh, I've only seen the movies. But, like, you need to read the books because it just goes into so much more that the movies don't have time for. Like, the movies the movies are so, so good. But, like, the books are also good and, in my opinion, better. Do them on audio if you want because I heard the audiobooks are great, like I said. 
And I know they're long and there are a lot of them, but they're written for a younger audience. So they're really, they go really fast. So that is my tip. Read the books. They're also riveting stories. Yeah, they're so interesting. You can truly have fun with these stories. Yep. That's why they go fast. Yeah. Speaking of fun, you cool if we move into our current obsessions? Let's do it. Okay, I'm going because I'm okay. itching to talk about this. Uh, let's do it. So one of our book club friends recommended a book called The Power of Fun, How to Feel Alive Again by Catherine Price. I finished it. And it has changed me. How so? So one of the premises of the book is that in order, like, so an important element of like finding happiness in your life is to have true fun, which requires connection and flow where you like don't think about time and physical activity, like you're actually doing a thing. So it's not like passive enjoyment, but like active fun. And one of the suggestions in this book to figure out what to do for fun is to look at your childhood and look at activities you used to enjoy doing as a kid. And I used to ice skate when I was little. I used to take figure skating lessons. I actually still have my original figure skates and the replacement pair that I only wore a few times before I quit (laughs) because I was a 10-year-old kid. Like, I was going to quit. I never stuck with anything. I signed myself up for adult ice skating classes, like group classes. I didn't even know that existed. It's amazing how many things do exist, (laughs) like for adults who are trying to reconnect with old activities they used to like doing. Yeah. Figure skating is one of them. I have have two ice rinks, each within, actually three. One is eight minutes away. The other two are 13 minutes away each. And the adult classes are at one of them. And I've been to two of the three lessons of the 10 lessons I get. I missed July 4th. I was away. It is so much fun. (laughs) I'm enjoying myself. First of all, it's a workout. Yeah. And there are other adults struggling to balance on their figure skates with you. And it was a little bit like riding a bike. Like some of the movements and the momentum, like it came back. Yeah. It was so wonderful that I want to encourage everyone, one, to read that book, but then two, to like revisit something you used to enjoy that you've stopped doing because adulthood is hard or raising a family is hard or work is too much. Like the other life stuff matters so much more. I forgot that. I lost sight of it, but I am finding it again on a pair of figure skates. (laughs) So much so, I think I'm going to buy myself an adult pair of figure skates. I love it. And that is my current obsession. What can't wait to see Brianna at the Olympics? Hell no. (laughs) What are you currently obsessed over? Well, anybody who follows me on Instagram probably knows about this obsession I have right now. It is this new Instagram account I found called Goodreads underscore reviews. We'll link it in the show notes because everyone needs to be following this account. It screenshots hilarious, and I'm telling you, hilarious, one-star reviews of popular books, and it is the new delight of my life. If you're going through a tough time, I highly recommend just like scrolling through and laughing like a crazy person like I did one night when I was just having a bad anxiety episode and I was just like 
I need something to take my mind off this crazy thing I'm thinking about. And oh my God, it's just really funny. And even if it's a book I loved and they're giving a scathing review of it, it's so funny that I don't even, I don't even care. I'm like, this is hilarious. And I'm sorry that book didn't work for you, but like, it's so good. I just think it's clever and fun and more one-star reviews, please. And and that's like a very niche interest, yes. one-star reviews, because I feel like I've seen like Amazon one-star reviews and stuff like yeah. that. This is funny, especially for you and I, because we like reading. Yes, like reading. I like, for a while, there's this thing going on in like the reading community where we were just talking about the books we loved and we weren't talking about books we hated and being like scathing about the books we hated. And like, that's... I don't always need like a scathing review. Like I think you can be nicer than some of these fair. people are. Yeah, you can give fair. an honest review. But sometimes I just want to read like a really scathing review. And this is what this gives me. And like a lot of times they're really silly, the reviews. And it's just like, I don't think you understood the point of this book, but it's fine. It's funny. It makes me laugh. And um, I think you should follow it. I think everyone should follow it. We could all use a little extra humor in our lives absolutely well, i love that for you thank you well that's it that's our final episode of season one we did it we did it that was beautiful so we will be back in about a month or so for our second season so make sure you are subscribed to our podcast on your podcast player of choice Personally, I'm a fan of Overcast. So you won't miss the announcement of what we'll be talking about in the next season, which will drop a week or two before our season begins. So we'll drop a little announcement episode, like this is new season coming up, and then we will start the season and you'll get some more episodes from us. But we will be taking like a few weeks off. In that time, we will be releasing this (laughs) podcast and seeing what the reception is. And then we'll be back with some more episodes. Yeah. And if you're interested in us, follow us on Instagram. We are at the Friendship Paradox. Yes. Also, if you would be so inclined to leave a rating on Apple Podcast while we're on our little break, that would be great too. We would appreciate it. And thank you for sticking with us while we learned how to do the thing. Yes, we're just, we're learning every week. We're like, we're like wine. We just get finer with age. Exactly. Thank you so much for sticking around. I'm Brianna. I'm Stephanie. And thank you so, so much for listening to The Friendship Paradox. See you next season. Bye. Bye.